What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. So today, I'm going to tell you guys about Big Pharma-funded clinical trials and the fact they are not required to report adverse events or even the results of that trial to the government. I'm also going to play an audio clip from a man who says he was involved in a 2013 mRNA study and out of 200,000 people, only five are still alive. Yes, 2013, 200,000 people, only five are alive. And nobody even knew about it. This guy, if he hadn't come out and started talking about it, no one would even know. So that has to lead you to believe there are other clinical trials that are this dangerous, that are happening now, that have happened in the past, yet somehow they're able to cover up all of the deaths. Fucking mind-blowing. We are also going to talk about the World Economic Forum and their nasty little plan to try to censor quote-unquote misinformation from the internet. And I think we're going to get to a little bit about Dr. Joseph Mercola, who is straight up under attack by the FDA, the Medical Board, and the New York Times. Because the New York Times just made a documentary, which is a literal hit piece. So sit back and get ready for this. So before we get to the audio clip, let me just hook you up with some numbers and facts. An estimated 19 million people participate in American research studies each year. But it's impossible to know exactly the serious adverse events and or deaths that are caused by the trials because if the clinical trial is funded by, say, oh, I don't know, Pfizer or another private company, they do not have to report their findings to the government. In 2015, there was a study published in BMC Medicine. They analyzed 300 trials with serious adverse events, SAEs, and found that slightly more than a quarter simply did not publish the results while nearly one-third did not correctly publish the number of serious adverse events. For the remaining trials, 13% did not mention SAEs, 2% reported no SAEs, and 16% did not report the total number of serious adverse events per treatment group. Only 11% accurately published and described their serious events. And you can find this study at bmcmedicine.com. Now, the problem with those numbers is that study only used data from publicly funded trials listed with clinicaltrials.gov. But as we all know, most of these clinical studies are funded by Big Pharma. And like I've already said 16 times, they are not required to report the results of these trials to the government. So nobody really knows how many people out there have been maimed, seriously injured, or killed from big pharma clinical trials. Now, there's a man on TikTok with the screen name Professor Randall, and he's put out several videos recounting what took place in the 2013 trial testing of mRNA medications with over 200,000 people. Now, what I'm going to do is just play one of the audio clips for you, but I'll leave a link to his TikTok so you can see the damage on this guy. You can see he's had open heart surgery. He's got videos of him literally hooked up to tubes and breathing machines in the hospital. And he says only 
five people out of those 200,000 are still alive today. So sit back and get ready to listen to Professor Randall tell his story. Back in early 2013, I participated in an mRNA-based immunomodulatory medication trial. So yeah, a medical trial on an mRNA-based medication that was meant to alter how the T-cells produced antibodies. And it worked phenomenally for not just lupus, but ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, multiple sclerosis as well. Here's the kicker. Out of that trial, there were over 200,000 participants. And every last one of us, including myself, had their hearts stop. There's less than five of us that are still alive today, but all of us experienced our hearts stopping at least once. According to my doctor, less than five of us are still alive. This medication was a series of injections that occurred over about a year, and the complications took two years to pop up. Cancer, heart attack, stroke, that kind of stuff, myocarditis. The thing about a medical trial, or a medical experiment where they're using stage 3 human testing to see if a medication is actually efficacious if it does not show what the pharmaceutical company wants it to show in that study and that drug does not pass FDA testing that's because it killed over 2% of the people that were in that trial typically what happens then is that pharmaceutical company goes out and it pays everybody that was part of the trial and experienced side effects pays them by paying their medical bills and gets them to sign a non-disclosure agreement in order to do so so no, you're not going to find it anywhere. They destroy it. They bury the data. Because they don't want you to know that pharmaceutical companies kill more people than wars do in America. You can go ahead and look into that. Since 1920, doctors have killed over 200 million Americans. They've killed way more than wars ever have. It's FYI. So this guy, Professor Randall, says he's had open heart surgery, he lost his colon, and he's had three strokes. And no shit, this guy looks to be like under 30 years old. He's really fucking young. And like I said, I'm going to leave a link to his TikTok in the show notes, and you can go see the video of all of his injuries. You can hear him tell a story in a little bit more detail if you want. But he's just one of probably millions of people that are injured by Big Pharma every year. And to kind of touch on what he was saying about how doctors kill more people than war, check out these numbers. Preventable medical errors kill 250,000 people each year. And some researchers actually believe that number could be closer to 440,000 deaths per year. And that's just the medical malpractice side of it. Deaths caused by doctors is now the third leading cause of death right after cancer. So like I've said in many past episodes, if you ever get fucked up or if you have some disease and you're going to the doctor, Make sure you write down what they're saying and you do your own research. Double check the prescriptions they're giving you and make sure it won't cause an interaction. Stuff like that happens all the time and it's completely preventable. Always do your own research. So now moving on to the dystopian nightmare we know as the World Economic Forum. They shared a report last week basically outlining their plan to control the quote-unquote dark world of online harm by using human and artificial intelligence to censor who they deem bad actors. And some of it, sure, they say they want to stop child abuse, but thrown in with that is disinformation and hate speech. Now, if we let these motherfuckers decide what disinformation is, 
then we've lost because he who controls the information controls the world. Now, anybody in their right mind would not want these Bond villain motherfuckers controlling the information. Let me just read you a quote from Klaus Schwab's right-hand henchman, Yuri Harari. Now, this motherfucker said this, and I quote, common people are right to be fearful of a future in which they will be made redundant. He goes on to say, we just don't need the vast majority of the population in the early 21st century, given modern technologies. I mean, really, do, do they need to make it any clearer? They are definitely trying to kill people. They want the population way down. But let's give these fucking Davos motherfuckers the power to control speech and ideas and monitor the flow of information. Like, who the fuck are they? Did they ever get elected to anything? Fuck no. They're in some little lair in Switzerland. I just don't understand who died and made them think they are now God and all-powerful, all-knowing humans that have the right to kill other people, to starve other people, to make other people eat insects, to make other people worry about their quote-unquote carbon footprint as they jet around the world in their fucking polluting ass planes. These people are hypocrites, these people are megalomaniacs, and eventually they will come for us. Mark my word. Unfortunately, I think the mass majority of people are gonna wake up in a FEMA camp one day and be like, oh shit, maybe I should have paid attention to what was going on sooner. But at that point, when you're in the FEMA camp, it is too fucking late, son. But anyway, back to the World Economic Forum. So a man named Dave Reboy, who's a national security and political warfare consultant and senior fellow at the Claremont Institute, said in a tweet that the content moderation the World Economic Forum is trying to push on us will, quote, be the most monstrous tyranny history has ever seen. And I absolutely have to agree with that. We cannot let these motherfuckers control the flow of information and ideas. They literally want to force their idea of socialism on the entire world. And just a little side note about socialism. The founder of fascism, Benito Mussolini, started as a socialist newspaper editor. Hmm. <laughs> kind of like how that ended up. <laughs> Now, another little fun fact about Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum is they have now recruited over 110,000 quote-unquote information warriors to control the online narrative. According to Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum, misinformation on the internet is quote, infodemic, that is potentially deadly and requires a quote, cure. The definition of misinformation, according to the World Economic Forum, is anything they disagree with, no shit. This means the information warriors will essentially be engaged in acts of shutting down dissent. So you guys, the shields have just increased by another 110,000 people. So now I'm going to quickly touch on some Canadian news for all my Canadian listeners out there. Yeah, I see you guys, but check this out. Quebec is going to offer a fifth dose of the COVID-19 vaccine to all adults as of August 29th. Like, what the fuck? Get the fuck out of here. But there is some good news coming out of Canada. A court has ruled that a child cannot be forcibly vaccinated. 
a 12-year-old schoolgirl who objected to being vaccinated against COVID-19 cannot be forced to take it, a Peterborough, Ontario judge has ruled. The science relating to COVID-19 is developing, wrote Justice Christopher Corky of Ontario Superior Court. He says the, quote, facts are changing. Well, no shit, Sherlock. But that is definitely a step in the right direction for our Canadian friends. Hold the line, guys. And a little bit of good news. I guess it's good. But coming out of Australia, the government there has admitted there have been at least 79,000 side effects from the COVID-19 vaccine and is now offering compensation for those seriously injured. Now, I know we got a bunch of Aussie listeners, too. What's up in Aussie town, guys? Are you still like straight up locked down 2020 style? Have the restrictions eased a bit? Hit me up at vanishinthevalley at gmail.com and let me know. I'm super fucking curious. So now I'm just going to offer you a little tidbit on how to escape the system. If we all just stopped taking loans and started to live in shared communities off grid, growing our own food, the matrix would collapse. Why are we still supporting a broken system when we can just create our own, taking control over our food supply and finally being free? I'm telling you guys, self-sufficiency is the best way to stop being a slave to the global elite. Knowing how to grow your own food is extremely important because these motherfuckers are literally trying to collapse the food supply and replace normal proteins fats, all of that with insects. Check this out. I found this story on Reuters. Scientists are experimenting with larva fat to replace butter. They soak insects in water and then mush them up with a blender before centrifuges separate a butter-like substance, which the team then uses to bake with. They want us to eat fucking crickets. They want us to eat fucking maggots, maggot butter more precisely. But I guarantee you, they're going to be eating fucking Kobe beef and like the fattest, juiciest butter around. They won't be eating larva butter. They won't be fucking eating cricket flakes for breakfast with the fucking little bit of almond milk or some shit. Get the fuck out. You know that's not going to happen for them. But they're going to try to force it on us. So you guys, learn to grow food. Learn to can your food so it will last a winter. Maybe even learn how to hunt. Fuck, I don't know. Just take steps to up your chances of surviving the collapse of society and humanity as we know it. So now that I got the doomsday warning out of the way, we're going to move on to Dr. McCullough and how the New York Times literally put first a written hit piece out, but that wasn't good enough. Now they've made a documentary hit piece attacking Dr. Joseph McCullough. Now, right off the bat, I have to say, if the New York Times is straight up attacking you like this, you're doing something right. So up top, Dr. Mercola. The New York Times actually labeled him one of the disinformation dozen, a mass spreader of COVID misinformation on the internet. It's like, get the fuck out of here. All those government agencies, the CDC, the Biden administration, the NIH, all those motherfuckers, they are the top spreaders of COVID misinformation. So the original hit piece appeared in a July 2021 New York Times article, and it was titled The Most Influential Spreader of Coronavirus Misinformation Online, which if you actually read the article, it's such a bunch of bullshit and easily disprovable. 
In that 2021 hit piece, the author Shira Frankel cited an article that Dr. McCullough published in which he declared COVID shots a medical fraud as they don't prevent infection, provide immunity, or stop transmission. According to this bitch, she's saying that's misinformation. Yet now in 2022, we know that as fact. They never went back and corrected the story. Then in early 2021, Bill Gates, the CDC, mainstream media, Anthony Fauci, and President Biden all said if you got the shots, you would not get COVID and you would not transmit it to others. And like I just said, fast forward to today, and we know that's not the reality of the situation. The shots do not prevent infection or spread. They all fucking lied. Biden and Fauci both have multiple fucking boosters, yet they've got COVID twice. So this documentary is titled Super Spreader. It premieres Friday, August 19th at 10 p.m. Eastern and 10 p.m. Pacific on FX and Hulu. Now, Dr. McCullough has literally been on point since day one of the Kabobo outbreak. He had information before our Senate had it. He found the connection between Fauci and funding the Wuhan Institute of Virology way before Rand Paul went after Fauci. He also was telling people that they were lying about the efficacy of the vaccine in December 2020. I actually made a couple episodes with the information he published. Now, at this point, Twitter has banned anyone from sharing links to his website. YouTube banned his account with over 15 years of content. Facebook and Google have done everything possible to make him disappear. So you know he's doing something right. They are going hard on Dr. McCullough because he's speaking the truth. He doesn't have a dog in the game. He's not trying to get rich like Fauci, who has shares in Moderna. He's just trying to help people. He's trying to tell it how it is. And he's been a doctor for decades. He seems to fucking speak the truth. And he's had information light years before our so-called authorities even discovered it. So I've been on Mercola's side for fucking two years now since I discovered him and saw what he was writing was the truth. He was like one of the first people to come out and challenge the ridiculous mask mandates, citing studies that show masks do not prevent viral transmission. So with that, he was hit with the misinformation super spreader, all that stupid shit. Now, I'm not going to watch this documentary because I know it's just going to piss me off. I'm going to want to throw shit at the TV and I'm sure Garrett will get all annoyed at me cussing really loud. (laughs) But I just wanted you guys to know how bad the New York Times is going after Dr. McCullough. It just says something. It says a lot, actually. They are going to great lengths to try to discredit him when their information is so easily disprovable. It's a fucking joke. So now we're going to move on to 1988 alien abductions in Brazil. So check this out, guys. In 1988, the body of a man was found on the banks of the Guarapuranga Dam in Sao Paulo. Now, the investigators were shocked at the level of brutality that was reaped upon this man. The left eye, ear, lips, tongue, esophagus, jaw, scrotum, anus, rectum had all been removed and through a perforation of only three centimeters in the navel. The man's viscera were also removed. 
Symmetrical holes of only two centimeters were responsible for the removal of the arm muscles. And, most fucked up of all, despite all the violence, not a drop of blood was found on his body. And he was only wearing his underwear, which was also free from blood. Experts' conclusion on this case is that the perforations were systemic and rapid, carried out while the individual was still alive. They suggest that an unknown source of heat or laser was used to make the holes to harvest the organs. The man's identity was Joaquim Sebastio Goncalves, 53, and apparently he had like some form of epilepsy. But it's like, you guys, what the fuck could cause all of those injuries? And they're saying that it was precision, like absolutely to down to centimeters. Specialists from the Legal Medical Institute of Sao Paulo at the time decided not to even investigate the case. They just concluded that the technology for such injuries was way too advanced for modern medicine. And it remained a mystery. Five years later, Spanish teacher Encarnacion Zapata Garcia became aware of this case and decided to investigate it. So apparently at this time, she was studying strange animal deaths in the U.S. that were similar to the death here in Sao Paulo. Now, the professor wrote in a journal, quote, The similarity between the cuts and wounds on the corpse and the cuts and wounds on animals mutilated by ETs across the planet was striking. So much so that she was surprised that Rubens, a doctor, had not gone ahead with an investigation into the matter. Now check this out, guys. Your girl here, Athena, has links to pictures of the body. It's absolutely fucking insane. The precision that was just, it was like a surg beyond surgical cuts. And it almost looks like at the wounds, it's kind of burned, but it's like a perfect like oval shape. And sure, it's graphic as fuck, so don't go check it out if you don't want to because it literally shows this guy's butthole and balls ripped out. It's kind of fucked up. But I will definitely leave a link in the show notes because I don't know what kind of anything could actually do this type of damage to a human, and especially in 1988. Like, do we have some crazy-ass homicidal aliens? Is it some government shit? What? could cause wounds like that. And the case is open, it was never solved. So it's just another unsolved, crazy, mysterious murder. Now, if you do decide you wanna follow the link and look at the pictures, you definitely have to be wearing your big boy, big girl panties for it. It's super fucking graphic. It's kind of mind blowing the way these injuries just appear. So if you do go check it out and you have any idea as to what could have caused this type of injuries, Shoot me a line and tell me. I'm fucking, my mind is blown by this whole case. It's insane. But now back to surviving the upcoming apocalypse. Now in past episodes, I've kind of briefly told you guys that you should get some medical supplies together in case shit goes all bad. But right now, I'm going to specifically break down the drugs and the supplies that you should definitely have in your first aid kit. You should have antibiotics, antifungal, antibacterial, antidiarrheal, anti-nausea, basic fever reducers for children and adults, painkillers, stool softeners, Pedialyte packets, antihistamines, epipens, migraine medication, muscle relaxers, antacid, 
Now, as far as the supplies themselves, sterile gauze, a pair of sharp scissors, betadine, alcohol, chlorhexidine, band-aids, bandages, bandage tape, ointments, butterfly bandages, suture kit, and basically a kit that'll help stop bleeding. There is different kinds of stuff you can put in wounds and it will kind of clot the blood right there. You should also get some kind of numbing spray for insect bite care, snake venom kit, if you can even get it. And as far as vitamins and natural remedies, get vitamin D, zinc, NAC, turmeric, garlic, manuka, honey, vitamin C, beet powder, and CBD. You know, I might be missing a few things and you can kind of like customize it based upon what you and your family need. And a lot of people are like worried about stuff expiring, but I think that whole expiration shit is a conspiracy in itself. I've used plenty of medications way past their expiration date and I didn't have any bad effects and it actually did what it was supposed to do. So get all this stuff together, get it in one bag and maybe get a couple supplies like this. Because if the shit hits the fan, if you were able to treat things like diarrhea or just like a small infection, you're going to be saving someone's life. And those medical skills and those medical supplies can be traded for things like food or guns or ammo. It is a definite, extremely good skill to have when shit hits the fan. Now, I'm not trying to sound all alarmist and basically telling you what supplies would really be helpful. It's just the globalist criminals have bought out the federal government and the mainstream media. They've weaponized the FBI, CDC, and IRS. Pretending that the FBI or the IRS, a rogue agency, completely whitewashes the issue. The globalists have used their control over the monetary system to loot it and literally buy the corruption of society. These agencies aren't doing anything that wasn't pre-approved by the same globalist criminals that fund the World Economic Forum. And that is who is pulling the strings. Don't get it twisted. All of our federal agencies, they are all corrupted by these motherfucking bankers that want to create a digital currency. Let's get rid of paper money so they can have control. So they can shut your livelihood off with a press of a button if you step out of line or say something that they don't agree with. So open your fucking eyes, you guys. Prepare for some bad shit. And let's say, hey, nothing happens. We've stopped the World Economic Forum cronies from taking over the world. Fuck it. You'll have a good medical supply. You'll have gained knowledge of how to grow your own food and can it. Because I'm telling you, growing your own food is so much more healthy. It tastes better than that grocery store bullshit. And it's worth the time. It's a good skill to have in any case, apocalypse or not. Now, guys, I'm still working on the Heather Cameron episode. I was going to wait maybe another week before putting it out. I'm waiting for any tips from my Reading peeps. You guys hit me up at vanishinthevalley at gmail.com. Send me any information you have, anything you've heard, rumors. I would be happy to check it out. I've been trying to get hold of the detectives there in Reading that are supposedly on the Cameron case, but crickets. And most importantly, if anybody knows how to get a hold of Daniel Lunsby, 
Heather Cameron's boyfriend, the last person to see her alive. Please get me that information. I need to talk to this motherfucker. I want to hear his side of the story because who knows what the real deal is. I have an idea of what the real deal is, but you know, I don't have the hard facts. I'm just kind of connecting dots with this case. And I've been working on this case for two years. I want Heather Cameron found. I want her family to have her body for a proper burial. And I want justice for her. Whoever fucking did this to her needs to serve time in prison. So like I just said, Reading people, Anderson people, people of NorCal, if you know anything about the Heather Cameron case, please get a hold of me and hook your girl up with some information. So before I get out of here today, I've got to thank our top downloading states, which is California, Illinois, and Ohio. Texas, you guys get an honorable mention because you're always up there. Now, as far as the world, check this out, guys. There's the usual suspects, Canada, UK, the Netherlands. But now, a country called Jersey is on my top four downloads internationally. So that's what's up, you guys. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to my podcast. Now, if you have information or a story you want me to check out, if you want any of the information I talk about, please send me an email and I will happily send it to you or maybe check that information out for a podcast episode. And like I said earlier, I am going to link different websites in the show notes that correlate with today's episode. Just make sure you view that Brazilian alien abduction one with caution. It is fucking brutal, you guys. I'm not even joking. I've seen some fucked up pictures on the internet, but this is like nightmare-inducing bullshit. But... In the meantime, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.